Hello, friends. This morning, I am talking about John chapter 16, verses 23 to 33. This continues again in the farewell discourse that Jesus is giving to his disciples before he goes uh, to the cross and then on to uh, his resurrection. So just a reminder that the farewell discourse, um, it takes place uh, basically the day before Um, So the same night as the washing of the feet, the Last Supper, all those things. So just to remind as well that the last thing that Jesus was talking about, because this is mostly just a long speech by Jesus to his followers for several chapters. So it's broken up. Um, Probably better to read it all in one go if you can. Um, But that can be challenging. It's pretty dense. It's broken up a little bit by um, the disciples asking a few questions here and there. But... This particular one, we we need to remember the context. So Jesus had just basically said to them, uh, you, you have pain now, is the previous verse, verse 22, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. So what Jesus is talking about there is he's he's been saying like, I'm going to go away and then in a, you won't see me. And then in a little while longer, you will see me. He's been talking about his death and his resurrection, but he's he hasn't come out and said it directly like that. He's just been talking about sort of how the disciples will be sorrowful and then they will have joy later. And But, but we know in the narrative that this is about Jesus' um, resurrection and and he's talking about their experience of that resurrection. So when we get to verse 23, we need to know that because this is where Jesus says, On that day, you will ask nothing of me. Very truly, I tell you, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've not asked anything, asked for anything in my name. Asking you will receive so that your joy may be complete. This is really interesting because Jesus has said this before where he says, if you ask for anything in my name, you will receive it. And I talked a little bit about how that might actually be about us having our will and our desire conform to what God wants as opposed to us just, you know, picking, I really want a a fantastic car or something like that. Um, And uh, so... But here we get something, I think, a little more interesting because Jesus is saying, on that day, you will ask nothing of me. Um, I think, could he be meaning that, uh, that when you experience the resurrection, when you experience that new life in Jesus, you, when they come face to face with him, that that like everything you've wanted has basically been answered. Like there's nothing to ask for. (laughs) You can't, so that your joy will be so overflowing. Your joy will be so complete that there isn't then on that day, like you won't ask anything of me on that day. And, and then Jesus is saying, look, if you ask for anything in my name, he'll give it to you. Like what is your deepest longing Um, until now? You've not asked for it. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be complete. I think one of the problems is a lot of times the things that we might ask for are not actually the things that would complete our joy. (laughs) So um, on that day, that experience of Jesus, there won't really be anything to ask for uh, because the joy will be complete. 
And so now in the times when that isn't there, continue to come to God and continue to come to God and ask. This is a really hard time that we're living through, pandemic, um, war in Ukraine, and just it's really uh, it's really hard. I mean, and, and it's tempting to look at people in harder circumstances than we are and sort of compare ourselves and just say, oh, I should I should be fine. Like, I'm so thankful for everything I've got. We can do that. But actually, we also need to be honest with how we really are feeling. And um, and so lots of people are dealing with um, anxiety or stress or just uh, a lack of um, connection to one another. A lot of people are being really angry toward one another. Um, and so it, this this plea of, well, go to God and ask um, and he will give it to you like, Oh, I really need to experience some peace. I really need to have that sense of joy and be uplifted. I I feel bad about lashing out at the person that I lashed out against or someone has done that to me and I and and it's just made me feel awful and I need to be picked up like go to God. Um continue to ask uh, so that your joy may be complete so that you can have this complete joy. Now um, then Jesus says, says this, uh, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but will tell you plainly of the father on that day. You will ask in my name. I do not say to you that I will ask the father on your behalf for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and I am going to the Father. His disciples said, yes, now you are speaking plainly, not in figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need to have anyone question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. All right. So, it's interesting that this is considered speaking plainly because it doesn't seem completely plain uh, what Jesus is saying. He's not necessarily saying, I'm going to be crucified and then risen, right? He's saying, I am going to the Father um, and I'm leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. So I'm going to speak plainly. He continues to say to them, on that day, you will ask in my name. So so when, um, when Jesus has gone to the Father, I think what he's saying is like, when I'm no longer with you, the the place that you're, the way you're going to ask, the way you're going to pray is in my name. I'm, I'm going to be next to the Father. Like that's basically what prayer is going to be. Um, the Father uh, loves you because you have loved me I have, and have believed that I came from God. And so the disciples say, yeah, we know that you know all things. And you do not need to have anyone question you, which is sort of a weird thing to say. <laughs> but we'll find that what's going to happen is Jesus is going to be questioned by Pilate. It kind of makes me think of that as well. And um, so Jesus is going to be put on trial and be questioned. Um, and the disciples are saying, though, but actually you're the one who knows all things. Like you, in a, Or you could be the judge of all things. But the judge who's going to be set up in Jesus' trial, Jesus is going to be judged. Right, so we have this this thing that's going to happen, this reversal that's going to happen. 
and so they say, you know, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them in verse 31. Do you now believe the hour is coming? Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each one to his home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. So he's talking again about his crucifixion, the moment of his crucifixion. There's very few disciples that actually stay at the cross. There's um, several women, uh, female disciples who are there. Um, Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, And also uh, we find that the disciple whom Jesus loved is there as well. And um, so that could be John, it could be the author of the gospel. Uh, and, but that's about it. Like there's very few people who are Jesus followers who actually stay at the cross, um, what as, as he's crucified, the others are, um, fleeing in, in persecution because of persecution or because they might be associated with this one who's just been arrested and been given the death sentence. They don't want to be associated with Jesus. So he said, you know, you're going to all leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me, right? And then the the last verse for today, verse 33. I've said this to you so that in me you may have peace. Uh, and, and peace in the Jewish conception, shalom, is, is something bigger than just not conflict or not war. As important as that is, especially as, as we're talking today, uh, Peace or shalom is the is the idea of wholeness. Uh, healing is a is is part of that. It's it's this, um, it's reconciliation is maybe caught up in that. So it's the healing, the wholeness of relationships, of physical bodies, of uh, political uh, political disagreements. Like I've said this to you, so that you, in me, you may have peace. You may have this shalom. This. Um, this new way of living. And then Jesus continues and says, in the world, you face persecution. In the world, you face persecution. So it's interesting because the moment when Jesus goes to the cross, it's like a little microcosm of what actually happens in our lives, right? Um, there are hardships, there is persecution, there, there are challenges that are faced. And, and the same things that the disciples do where they run and they hide and they're afraid, that is what we do. That is what we want to do. Um, it's hard to, um, to trust that it's going to be okay. And then Jesus finally says, but take courage. I have conquered the world. So in the world, you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. And uh, and he's saying this when it hasn't actually happened yet. But again, in John's gospel, the, the crucifixion, like all of Holy Week, the crucifixion, the resurrection, Jesus going to the Father, that's all kind of one big event. Like it's not, you don't really separate these things. Um, and it's hard to see our lives that way a lot of the time, where the, the challenges that we face, um, the way we feel, the anxiety that we might feel, the fear we might feel, it's hard to see those as part of something greater and part of some greater joy that may uh, be coming, um, that we might be able to receive, that we're praying for, that we're asking for in, in Jesus' name. It, it, 
can be really hard to see that. And Jesus says, take courage. I've conquered, I've conquered all of that. I've conquered the way the world's set up. It's, it's done. Um, and Jesus says it before it's done. (laughs) So, uh, I, I just find that fascinating that, that that's the way it works is that we have this, this faith that looks back on this moment 2000 years ago. Um, and yet we see, oh, we're still kind of in that situation. But but Jesus' words still hold, take courage, I've conquered the world. So he is risen, there was a resurrection, but also there is a return. There is, there is um, another coming of Christ where things will be set right. Um, we sometimes talk about how the kingdom of God, not necessarily John's language, he doesn't use the word kingdom too much, um, but the kingdom of God, we sometimes say, is both now and not yet. So, or it's been inaugurated by Jesus, but it hasn't been completed yet by Jesus. So it's, um, and it could be a temptation to say, we're just working for the kingdom, and we are. But in the end, it's it's God who will bring it to completion. The same way that the disciples all scattered, and and but it was in God's hands. Je- Jesus was raised from the dead. And the disciples didn't have anything to do with that. Like they didn't, they didn't make that happen. They didn't, they just received this incredible joy that came from God. And so, yes, we should be working. We should be loving one another, serving one another, working for justice, working for peace. But but at the same time, realizing like in the end, it's not, um, it's not dependent on us. Like God is the one who can bring these things about and will bring these things about And so we place our hope and our trust in God while we pray for this to experience the joy of new life in him. So that's my reflection for today. And I'm really glad you joined today. I hope you um, have a blessed day today. Take care.